Good Mythical Morning. I I never watched it. Is, did they start their podcast with Good Mythical Morning? Yeah, I love Good Mythical Morning. I never watched it, or still don't. And then they have a little nothing like, against little it. trailer, doo, 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 doo. and then they inevitably eat something that's like semi nasty, or they rank like food. It's like Kate and I like what watch kind it all the time. Channel is that? it's like a variety channel. It's what happens when you get that popular. Okay, you just end up doing game shows and eat food in front just of the camera, whatever. Yeah, I mean it's personality Good for them, man. So that's cool. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've definitely seen their personalities on like TikTok and stuff. But yeah. all right, well, uh, here we are. Based Hi. the channel, it's Nick and Carson's your favorite, Nick and Carson. <laughs> your oh, number one, Nick and Carson. That's right, the best Nick and Carson duo of all time. To Unmatched. also play bass. Unmatched. Number one. Boy, how you doing, man? You guys have been out on the road. I'm good. We just got off of um, four dates, opening for Tyler Childers Damn. and SG Goodman. Yeah, they were all sold out, uh, Dude, we being Abby Hamilton. Yeah, uh, I noticed that uh, it's funny. When I play so many of these like county fairs, the first thing I thought was like, "Wow, those venues look clean. Like they, <laughs> they look like they're clean. paved places yeah. to park." <laughs> Especially uh, Merriweather, Merriweather in Maryland, in Baltimore, yeah. Maryland. I think that's where we were. That place was crazy. It was like newly renovated, you know, really nice air conditioning and all the green room areas. You mm-hmm. know, again, we're just the opener, um, and there was a pool in the back. For, like for, for the people, yeah, like it was okay. sweet. Where is this close to DC or closer? Yes, to, yeah, because uh, we played Baltimore? a we played a house show in DC. Nice, um, very cool. That Bob, the creator of Tiny Desk, came to. Nice, so that very was cool. pretty cool. Right on. It was just you know us playing in a house to twenty people, thirty people. Nice. It was awesome. Um. Yeah, and then I played my first stadium gig. Have you played a stadium gig? No, we do the arenas. Arenas, yeah. We've not done. You jumped it. You you skip stadium, went straight to arena. No, no, no. You're backwards. Do not pass go. Arenas are smaller. No, I think arenas are bigger than stadiums. Nah, I guess I was in a small stadium. Okay, okay. It was a tennis stadium. Oh, because Rupp is an arena. Our local one Mm -hmm. is Rupp Arena, Mm -hmm. but I was in a tennis stadium. Nice. Credit One Stadium in Charleston, South Carolina. Nice, nice. And that's pretty yeah, nice probably knows. too. Yeah, it was good. It was, man, it was hot. Rained a little bit. Started raining during our set a little bit. My stuff was getting a little bit wet. I was like, Ugh. It's good for the tubes. Good for the tone. <laughs> right. Well, I had that, mo- I had, I'm playing a Moog live with bass, kind of switching off. So right. I just got this Moog. It's the subsequent 37. Best freaking like, bass synth or any synth i've ever owned i've only owned two but like it is Mm -hmm. so good nice it auto-tunes you you know you warm it up because it's analog and it auto-tunes and it's really pitch stable and then i would like tune it once before sound checks over so the most i ever had to tune it was like two cents like just it 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 was rock solid and we're going from like rainy humid outdoor to like blazing hot direct sunlight to i mean it was like gear ruining levels of heat and sunlight and uh all the stuff did really freaking well which i'm i'm happy about um my svt needed repair again and it it kind of died right before our, our album release show which is a bummer um i was looking on like the svt like site 
like a Facebook site. And I think there's a couple mods you you wouldn't really want to do it to a new one. I've heard the new one's reliability is like actually freaking fantastic. But be. mine's from the 70s. Um, there's certain things people are doing that, that they're soldering certain parts directly. I don't know. Instead of using the little breadboard thing that's in there. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just SVTs are hard, man. And they're heavy, but they sound unfreaking real to me. Nice. Um, anyway, getting that worked on, I might go see if, if there's like a, a Nashville or a really reputable tech that like basically mods it out for reliability sake that Fair. I just like drop a bunch of money and get it, get it beyond rock solid. But mm-hmm. you know, that's the goal. Um, nice. So that was cool. Yeah. Played, played the stadium, played, uh, a bunch of amphitheater pavilion things. I like the amphitheater pavilion. That's where it was. Yeah. That's where we were. Uh, Your show last looked weekend. amazing and yeah. big, 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 big. It was a big amphitheater. Uh, yeah. It was like, it literally like brand new. And we were mm. like, when did you build this? And like three years ago. And I was like, I can't believe that it's people so kept nice. it in this good of shape. It was really yeah. nice. It was really, really nice. Um, Seems like high end amphitheaters are, are a thing. Yeah. Which I mean, is cool. Well, we just played that one out in Western Kentucky called Logstill. Oh, I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's at some distillery. They just oh, nice popped up an amphitheater in the hill. But it's like it's nice because they've like it's nice to see places that are like meaning to have concerts. Yeah, I like I really like enjoy that instead of the fields that we sometimes mm-hmm. play in with the county fairs. An amphitheater, they've got to keep their expenses are probably pretty dang low. Well, potentially, but they can be, and they can. I don't know. I, like it's I, a I nice stage and stuff, but like. You know, you could build seats into the rock face or build, you know, like it just yeah. depends on how you're building them out. But they're cool. I they're mean, well, they very just, demanding on gear. Yeah, but they just do like half seats and then they'll put a lawn in the back, like yep. river bends. So you yep. just double your capacity yeah. with the only maintenance you need is a, a mower. Mm-hmm. So it's that's cool. But a lot of our opening spots at amphitheaters were like what you're, what you're saying. And it's kind of interesting you know, when you're in that opening spot, you kind of see how the crowd's coming in and different different places do different mm-hmm. things. We played one that had no standing room, uh, all seats, and they really, everybody was showing up early, that kind of thing. But at some of these amphitheaters, you'd have the standing room right before you. Yeah. Then you'd have a huge amount of seats, built-in mm-hmm. seats. And then you'd have another lawn behind that. And so the people who want to get right next to the headliner – uh, they'll show up super early so that they're in the standing room yeah. right in front of you. And the people in the back and of the lawn that want to have half decent seats, they'll show up super early too. So it's interesting playing, and there's this huge gap in mm-hmm. the middle of your view that's almost empty sometimes. Weird. Where it's yeah. just like ton, tons of people in front of you, tons of people way up. But in the middle, it's pretty sparse. So that was a. I didn't expect that, um, but that was cool. That's a it's it's vibe. it's an interesting. A lot of them will have a second PA mm-hmm. and a second LED wall at the lawn. Yeah, so. you got to have the especially at Riverbend when you're gonna have like the right, especially like view obstructing like beams and supports and stuff. You very have to have. similar to Riverbend, dude. I, I watched uh, John Mayer at Riverbend, and honestly, it was such a good concert. But like, you feel like you're in a different room when everything is under totally. a pavilion, and then totally. you're in an open lawn in the back. You're like, oh, I'm just like looking in someone's house. Yeah, it's, it's odd. Weird. Honestly, it is weird. Uh, it's cool, but it's weird. Yeah, I was really happy to be there, and I mean, it's John Mayer. I really enjoyed the show. You I know. haven't seen John Mayer. I went to. Who was his bass player? 
was it Sean Hurley that day or Pino or do you know? Or somebody else? I mean, this would have been forever ago. I probably, I don't know. Like what album? Roughly. It's, I don't mean to put you on the spot. No, but. no, no. It was, uh, it was the one that had the moving on and getting over when that drummer had that side sneer. Uh, I could shoot. That's, that is a long time ago. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Oh, I wait. No, no, no. That's the, he's on the front and he's like blue ish. Yeah, search for everything. Sir, that sounds right. Yeah. Maybe. So that, would have probably been Sean Hurley, would be my guess. Yeah, probably. Great. Shout out, Sean. Great dude. If you were there, good job. <laughs> pretty uh, pretty bad that I don't know who was playing. I was just happy to be there, you know? Yeah. I, like I said, I was pretty far back. But yeah, had a good time. But yeah, dude, no, that's really cool. It, uh, the amphitheater's really nice. I, I always think it's a cool touch when they're like, they've got like water hookup and shore power for the bus. Mm. I'm like, wow, mm. you guys meant to do this. And the wings <laughs> always have like massive loading docks, which I think is yep. great. Um, Usually you'll big have garage doors. stage crew. Yeah. Like union. Yeah, and they know what they're doing. They're not going to break my stands. Well, it depends, but yeah. They mostly they, know what they're doing. Yeah, sometimes they'll you know, be like, all right, what do you want us to do? And you know, we're like, finish, we just got off stage, and they'll yeah. walk over and be like, you know, we really want to help, we really want to help. And you're like, thank you, I appreciate that. If you want to just start breaking down those stands, and then they're like literally pulling the stands yep, apart, yep, and you're yep, like, yep, no, yep. no, I didn't mean See, like that's what disassemble the stand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd still like to have it yeah. together, just collapsed. Man, they, and this isn't a reflection of like IOTSI overall, so don't take, because I... I'm not union when I do production stuff in Lexington because Lexington doesn't have a really big IOTC union scene except for like if you're doing something at Rupp Arena. But, you know, with with stagehands too, you get very varying levels of like, you know, familiarity. We'll call it that. Familiarity with the gear. Um, Bass stuff, it's pretty easy, especially the heavy stuff. You just unplug your – you immediately – you need to worry about your cables. So you need to make sure you're getting all your cables because they'll go lost. Yes. And so once you kind of have all your cables going, you can just say like, hey, will you please pick up my bass amp? Like take my bass amp. Take my pedal board. The things that are really compact that you can just hand them. But a lot of times when you're doing that, you need to talk to your drummer because they – do not always know how to grab drums. Mm-hmm. Like they'll grab a cymbal by the stand. You know, they'll grab the cymbal and just like wow, 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 wow. Or it's, it's tough. They'll grab the the top, uh, whatever you call it, the ring around the top of the snare. They'll grab that, and since the snare stand is grabbing the snare, it'll take the whole thing with it. And it's just like oh, I've watched them just drop it and watch drums roll. You just you just gotta watch them. Um, bass but, stuff not so hard. Yeah, but carry it. You know, the end. I always like to try and uh, get my cables really quick, get everything so it's just grabbable so I can I can pick it up, basically showing them how they should be picking it up and hand it to them and say thank you as they take it. And yeah. then if I can get that done, by the time they're running off of my stuff, I can try to go help the drums or the guitar yeah, yeah. and try to get stuff in such a way that either I'm physically taking it for them because I know how to grab it a little better or I can hand it to someone and show them how I want it to be carried. No, that's good. That's um, good. And then our, our drummer, Zach, does not let them put his his drums into cases because he's inspecting them. There's yeah. a certain way you want to pack everything. We're all we're, particular individuals. Yeah, we're traveling in a van, not a bus. And the pack is like pretty specific. Like we take 
we do the first layer, which usually is a lot of stuff built on top of my base cabinet, take a picture of it. Then the next layer, take a picture of it so that every night we're going in this packing order that's pretty similar so that at the very end, you know, you don't have to pack in a soft duffel like your clothes, but if you do, it makes life a lot easier because you can just like mm-hmm. squeeze that duffel into the gaps. That end up the at the end. Duffel. Yeah. I on, saw some kind of stuff. Thing. If I'm flying, I need wheels. But uh, if I'm uh. if I'm on the bus at all, I'm using the duffel. I take a duffel everywhere now. I feel like I saw some statistic. Now it could have just been marketing crap. Uh, but that was just talking about like the failure rate of hard suitcases or semi-hard suitcases are drastically higher than soft because the soft can take an impact but also like dissipate a little bit because it just like crumbles and, you know. Sure. Now, that also prevents me from doing things I like, like buying vinyl records on the road. Mm. Can't put that in there, you know. Mm. So it's it's kind of a double-edged sword. Uh, we yeah. still need to do the travel episode. Got to do the travel episode. I use a bunch of peak design stuff. We'll talk about it later. But you know, I have a really type A personality in some ways, and so like all my stuff is peak design, and it's all made to like fit together, uh-huh. and it's made in this like block system when you the use their ecosystem. Yeah, it's like iPhone but luggage. The luggage. <laughs> yeah. No, we'll, we'll we'll do one of those episodes. That'd be yeah. good. It's to, to, if people care. I get a an unruly amount of. Instagram ads of luggage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a Nomadic just released some new line of stuff and like it's not even a new I got line an ad for that this morning. It's not even a new line. It's just a different color. And I'm like, yeah. they're like, you're not going to believe it. It's baby blue. And you're like, I do believe I it. I do believe most this. companies have yeah. multiple colors, so it's pretty believable. Oh, I didn't see Nomadic. What was the one we talked about in the car? Oh, dude, Mono's luggage. Mono's. They must be putting every dollar that yeah. that company is worth into advertising to me. Yeah, specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I see. I see that ad. I could pull up my phone, and within four scrolls, it'd be Mono's. Um, I <laughs> guarantee it. It's crazy. And I'm like, I could get down with it. I still haven't bought it, dude. I don't fall for the Instagram ads. Oh, no. Not you that just set me up so it. hard. Not that it's fall <laughs> for, but like I never do. I think I've got like yeah. a personal thing against Instagram ads. I'm like, I'm going to beat it. I know I what they're doing. Do, I'm on to them. Uh, I've, I've bought one thing off of an Instagram ad. Have I told you this? I don't think so. All right. I bought one thing. Uh, it's a travel thing. Oh. I bought a packable bag. I told you about my packable bag. I have a packable bag. They're I sweet. love it. So I bought this. I saw this little ad, and the, the, it's like this bag, shopping bag, like a tote bag, mm-hmm. uh, and it's like super thin material, and you just shove it into itself, and it fits like this big, and you can put it in the little pocket in yeah. your jeans. Yeah, not the big one, but the little weird pocket. It fits in the little weird <laughs> little pocket. coin pocket. The coin, whatever it is. So for your, I got for your that. Pocket watch. I got maybe. two of those, and I have used them so much because yeah, if, if you go. Anywhere outside the United States, you got to pay for bags. Yep. But also, if you're like walking around and you need to just, you know, we got leftovers, whatever, you, you know, from the restaurant, you're like, hey, no, I got a bag for them. So really nice. Uh, that's the only for, time I've ever fallen for the Instagram ad. Yeah. You, uh, packable bags are cool because, uh, you know, you're going to a festival, right? And if your festival is in between days, you're playing little shows or halls or whatever, you know, the only bags you have are full of like, real travel stuff not yeah. like fun stuff and i have like a packable matador backpack that folds up it's you know it's not as small as yours about yeah, yeah, you know yeah. size of a grapefruit but you take it out and it's a full backpack and it's waterproof 
Uh, I tested it in a, in a downpour. It, it's pretty close, but it's certainly not waterproof. I was in New York. In well, downpour. I was in New York. I couldn't do anything, <laughs> that's you know? So, like, that's a good example. A festival or, like, going to New York City where you're like, all my luggage is in the hotel yeah. and I'm hours away from it. So I just have this little packable backpack that I can shove my stuff for the day in so that I'm not, yeah, you know, my backpack's stolen. I'm not li- missing my laptop, my in-ears, my, you know, yeah, dude. No, that's, charger. That's a good call. So, yeah, no, I yeah. The Instagram ad, man. I mean, I, I wish I got more stuff that related to my life. And obviously, I do travel, so, like... Yeah. Could call on the suitcase, I guess, Instagram. But it's like funny. We step talked off, about, you know? <laughs> we talked about that travel pouch thing that I have. Uh-huh. Since then, Instagram ads got me with this like alpaca thing. I love it. This where thing, I just, it's a modern confession. Yeah, it's like I just combined my actual wallet and that little leather pouch I was always using. So I've got plug you know, uh in ear sorry, uh earplugs, yeah, picks, yeah. drum key. A little bit of cash, uh, a couple coins, adapters, quarter-inch adapters, and all my cards, and this is all I carry now. And I put it in my front pocket. I feel like my front pocket is a little harder to steal from. I I was in Atlanta, and a buddy got his wallet stolen within 10 minutes of us getting out. Um, Now, he was wearing basketball shorts, and... You know, a, a a guy asking for money came up, and once that guy left, he left kind of abruptly after kind of asking us for money and stuff. And should have thought about like, why is he walking away so fast? He was he was, mm. asking, you know. So after that, I was like, okay, I, I want to maybe do a front pocket wallet. Who wallets with chains are coming back? Yeah. So I'm gonna maybe I just do that. <laughs> it's a good luck strapped Absolutely. on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Man, the Instagram ad thing though, you you set me up because uh, it started this morning. We we like to go get coffee before we start these usually, and uh, I keep getting this Roland ad for these hats. Uh, it's got Roland established nineteen seventy two Osaka Japan. It's like, but it's like it's the coolest sweet hats. stuff. They've got a great it's line expensive. of merch. Yeah, it was. They have like the like a track jacket type yeah. thing too. Oh, that's really cool. The, the, I've seen the Roland ads. The yeah. Roland ads and, and mono bag ads. Yeah. They're the only music related ads I get. So they got me. I think it's a cool hat, and I needed a hat. Yeah, and it's like a big trucker hat. I don't know. It makes my head look big, but that's okay. I disagree. Uh, and I felt like I'm not a poser <laughs> since I have a Roland Space Echo now from the seventies. Yeah, so I can actually be like. I have rolling things. Rolling boy. Yeah. Uh, nice. Hey, Moog, send me some merch because I'm Moog boy too. Moog boy. Uh, yeah. So that was that. That started that conversation. I I'm kind of given up and been like, man, if it's cool and it's got good reviews, if it's useful. Yeah. A lot of you can tell if they're a little scammy. Like they're all a little bit scammy. Yeah. It's you can tell drop the ones shipped that off are AliExpress. Really, really <laughs> scammy. And like at some point, I you know. Practically everything in our grocery store drop shipped by a big corporation. So, Probably. like, why do I care? But, it's all drop shipped. Yeah, it's always been. It always has, always has, always been. has been the space man. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking of. That's funny, dude. Yeah, you know, well, Instagram's uh, here to stay. So, uh, yeah. congrats to us. We'll just keep having to battle Instagram ads. Yeah. Um, you in the market for stuff right now? You look for new gear? Or you, I mean, I know <laughs> I'm you are. Always I know in the you market, are, but but I shouldn't be. I'm not looking for anything, honestly. Uh, I'm thinking content. about you guys. Hey, do you hear that? <laughs> right, yeah. He's content. Time to time to crank up the Instagram ads. If I'm content, I'm gonna come home from the weekend run. He's like, I bought a second API. Yeah. I, I just needed more preamps. So that that is something I do need. I do need more preamps. Oh wow, he's got so yeah. many preamps though. I 
I have 12 pre's. I need I need to get to 16. Technically, I do already have 16 if I'm using built-in Apollo pre's, sure. but I don't like They're to. They're fine. They're great, but yeah. I like I like the real things. Um the real things. Real things isn't the right way to say that. I like say you have a clone of something. I like <laughs> the gear that it that the Apollo was emulating. Yeah. When possible. Sure. Um I do okay. leave two open Apollo spot where I mean long term. I plan to leave two open Apollo spots so that I could get the most neutral preamp possible for our video reviews. Mm-hmm. Um and speaking of that, we Recently did the sushi box pedals. Oh, yeah. uh, Very cool. We sat down with those. Um, not sponsored in any way. And no. those really exceeded expectations, Dude. I thought. Like all of them. Uh, Very cool. Wasn't super into the Marshally sounding ones, but that's because I don't think I'm into what a Marshall would actually sound like on bass. Yeah. Uh, Dude, not yeah. because the pedal wasn't made well. What was the one? Was it? Watson, that's the B fifteen. It's the Watson. What? Which one do we do? I can't remember. Shoot, the I can't remember. The, the, it was a little one, and it was a two pre, and it was just like phenomenal. Was it bass treble or bass mid treble? It's been weeks Didn't since. I did. It was a little one, and we were just like, I don't know, over the moon about how cool it was. Yeah, it's awesome, dude. And the price. We, yeah, we've been seeing some cool stuff lately, so I'm excited. We yeah. man, we need to sit down with my Arkham. I gotta tell the people about we do need, a we noble finally, option alternative. <laughs> we finally sat down and got out the caveman BP one yeah. review. Um, Dude, it's and it's beefy and there's a lot of content surrounding it. So go check that yeah. stuff out. I hope if you're in the market of uh, of like the big preamps and whatnot. So yeah, check those out. It was it, it's it's good. I didn't think it really super sounded like a ten, my understanding of what a ten seventy three sounds like. I have a clone of a 1073 behind me, and we use 1073 preamps for our mics every time with cloud lifters. Um, so it's not like I have no frame of reference, but it just it it didn't do the thing for me personally. I do like how my bass sounds direct into the 1073. Yeah, a little bit more than I liked how it sounded direct into the Caveman. Um, but it was such a cool idea. They're coming out with with a really big compressor that I am, you know, kind of curious about. I think their circuit was based on 1176, um, and I typically don't love an 1176 on bass is what I've learned about myself. Um, plenty of other people do like it. I mean, just look at the Cali 76 and mm. all the people that like that. But usually the Cali's and stuff have a pretty good attack time variance. I, I just don't like a super, super fast compressor on bass is what i've noticed um i had the stam audio 1176 um that is an exact recreation of a couple different revisions and you can you can pick and um i do like that on my bass because they put in a slow attack mod you pull out you pull out the attack knob and it just ramps the attack way down and i found that to be pretty pretty cool and usable on bass um it's very cool for me personally now compressing and stuff when you're mixing is different you know totally um but i just need it to feed back and feel alive in a way that inspires me to play better that's why i like that union tube and transistor lab compressor a lot i don't feel Mm -hmm. i don't feel held back i just feel like enhanced Mm -hmm. so you know nice it's cool um very dope yeah and just kind of learning 
as much as I can about different gear. And I have a clone of an LA-2A, a real one, with new old stock tubes coming. So whenever Stam wants to deliver that, uh, we could do kind of some kind of shootout there. But bringing it back to the Arkham, like we're, we're trying to do more of those demo videos when we can. It just takes like significantly more brain power and resources to crank those out. Yeah, and, yeah. Coming into the winter, though, we're both slowing down touring, so. Yeah, yeah. We'll get some time. So we need to get an Arkham. Make some stuff for the people. Versus the Noble. Yeah. Um, you know, different, different strokes for different folks but um, that's right they're cool they're both really cool yeah um they're great man besides that you know who knows uh we we did an interview with dan bailey that'll come out before this probably hope you enjoyed that it's probably our longest podcast and dan is a wealth of knowledge he's the man he's a good dude he is a great instagram follow if you're not following him Uh, he's the MD for Father John Misty, and he does a lot of home recording. And so if you like the cool home recording drum videos, his stuff is so cool, and his yeah. room is awesome. It's sweet. Very cool. Really cool. So yeah. we got some other nice. guests kind of lined up, but um, it's just a kind of a busy season for us coming up. Yeah. I'm uh, doing the Red Rocks I'm, thing. I'm dead in and it. Nick has got freaking gigs on gigs. Nick, Nick plays gigs as good as the ones i played practically every weekend so uh depends on what you want to call west virginia county fairs they're great dude we played one last two two weekends ago (laughs) and it was like we entered like a hole of just no cell service and just everything is just odd and you just have questions about everything everything like this big storm was coming and they're like well we usually think it passes stuff usually goes right over here but if it doesn't then we'll just have them go acoustic in that tin can barn over there and you're Mm. like i just why why is Mm. that your solution why don't why is that the you're like well you know what'd be great put everybody in a lightning rod yeah that that could fall over in a storm you never know when those things like a lot of it too is just like infrastructure in certain areas of West Virginia is just like not, no, no, this not isn't up a, to stuff. I mean, this I just isn't mean a West like, Virginia hate thing at no. all. It's just we're at a county fair and then weather's coming and they're like, we're gonna push through and you're like, that is so unsafe. There was yeah. a tornado, literally, but during our set, a tornado touched down like 35 minutes up the road. <laughs> touched down. And they're like Nah, we gotta nah, keep we serving it. these yeah. chili dogs. <laughs> so hey, respect, respect. I get it. So no, I don't usually do that kind of gig, but you do plenty some good of ones. Your last one was some good ones good. are coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, there's a new amphitheater down in uh, Northern Alabama. What's his name? Uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter showed up. Nice. Apparently, yeah. he's friends with Mr. Chris Jansen. We were open for Mr. Jansen, Chris and uh, Jansen. Well, I was packing up the stuff, rolling some cables, and I look over, and I was like. That's one of the most recognizable men on earth. <laughs> uh, dog the bounty hunter. The dog. And he was just there, and I just kind of blinked, turned around, and he was garb, gone. Like with the shells and the like, the armbands and the I didn't feathers. See a lot and, of jewelry, but I mean, okay. the hair and the glasses were there. So yeah, I, feel like I mean, that's enough. 
<laughs> that's better than better than nothing. I mean, he, he's just in like a baseball hat and glasses like this. Turns out you were most wanted. He was there for you, dude. He so was... funny. And then two of the guys in the crew with us, we had like a uh, a fill in who did great, and then this uh, a photographer that came out with us, and they were like, "Who's Dog the Bounty Hunter?" And I was oh, like, "No, we're old. How do you not know? Oh no, no. I just feel like he's like a pop culture. You just know who he is. <laughs> he's like Gilbert Godfrey. You just know who Gilbert Godfrey is. You R. should R. ask him if they know who Gilbert Godfrey is." And then you do the impression, you squint. Yeah. What? Uh, so that's not a Gilbert Godfrey impression. <laughs> but no, I mean, we do good stuff. We're, we're getting ready to head out. We'll do the West Coast. Dude, uh, doing the West That'd Coast cool. as a band is so inconvenient. There's no convenient way to get to the West Coast because we're nope. like, well, we could either drive it and, you know, spend like four days in a bus or you can fly it and do everything basically DI, digital, uh, and yep. rent a drum set. So that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Renting the drum, we're backlining the drum set, which is super normal, totally happens, but... You're we backline drum set all the time. Yeah, dude. Like, almost, almost any time it's offered to us. Yeah, I, I mean, we're paying for it, but... Uh, yeah, it's they don't just have one. I wish, it's kind of funny, because it's uh, two casinos, so I was like, surely they got a drum set at this mm. casino, but no, no, no drum flip set. flip a coin for it. Yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, give me, give me three minutes Matt? at the what slots. Are the, what are the odds that they're going to have a drum set? Let's flip a coin. Yeah, dude. I mean, really, money-making opportunities at these shows where they're just, I mean, give me some time at the blackjack table and I'll, <laughs> well, this a uh, lucrative weekend for me. Okay, I've never actually done that. I've never actually I'm terrified. Played. Every time I'm in Vegas, I'm like, I can't sit down with these people. They're too serious. They'll know I'm counting cards. We did a like a casino up in like northern Michigan like two weeks ago. It was like a lot smaller, like nowhere near the size of these Vegas places. And there is where I was like, I could totally sit down at this table. But they like closed at weird times and didn't mm. open till like four. So I was like, Did I you play on Saturday night? I wonder if it's weird like Sunday gambling regulation. No, no, no. It was a Saturday night. Yeah. Okay, cool. Played on a Saturday night. We got in late Friday, or no, no, no. We played on a Friday night, and we got in late Thursday. Mm-hmm. And they only stay open late Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And we had to jet to that West yeah. Virginia show, uh, so which is a horrible route. We had to literally go from the top of Michigan to West Virginia. It's just like a ten-hour like drive-through, mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh man, this is a bruiser. But that's why we do it, mm-hmm. uh, dude. Up there on not to just ping pong, ping pong, but uh, Lake Michigan. Is that the lake that we were on? I think it was. The very top. People always ask you to do the where on the hand. The mid, no, no, we were at the dead the, top of the hand. Uh, whatever lake's up there, beautiful. It was amazing. Yeah. Dude, people, I, every once in a while you get somebody that's like, hey, you know, the Great Lakes are they're pretty beautiful. Beautiful, pretty cool. They are. They're great. Yeah. Good weather, relaxing, clean lake, which is shocking coming from Kentucky because our lakes are just <laughs> brown and full of sticks. Get so it, bass water, baby. Bass water. So <laughs> it just was, it was nice. It was a pleasant little trip, man. And, and you know, it's casinos good. are usually clean so that we play yeah. at least. I'm sure there's plenty of not clean ones, but honestly, good couple runs of shows, good yeah. shows coming up. So, That's dude, awesome. yeah, we got this DC show. We, we every once in a while we'll go to DC like once a year for these like private little things uh, just for some Political, political, like uh, just private, like hangs or whatever. You know, we'll go and and play. And I love DC. Every time we go to DC, it's right down the road from the Anthem. Mm. If you've heard of the Anthem, it's like their big. Uh, I don't even know how many the, you know, the couple thousand fit in. It's real, real cool place. Last time we were in, her was playing the Anthem, nice. and we were just up the street a little bit, and we were like, "Whose bus is that?" And they were like, "Her," and we were like, 
No, I would love to be over yeah. there. That'd be amazing. Yeah. So, but that, dude, it's nice being in DC because they got, dude, they got this like oyster places and all these like clean, you know, whatever. We walk up to the mall and go check it all out. Yeah. It's like the most relaxing. It's like vacation, but also, and when you do private gigs, the the timeline is so relaxed. Mm-hmm. There's no, you know, the the whole place is closed until, you know, thirty minutes before your set. And then are you're your just load ins like eleven? Hanging. Sometimes it just that one. That one we always do like a like a uh, afternoon load in. So you 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 wake up and you got the whole morning. Yeah. You know, go check out the museums and private stuff. It's nice. Absolutely, and music halls. I feel like you're not having to load in if you're support until like a three or a four p.m. Yeah, it's nice for for these bigger shows. Uh, we were having to load in around eleven ish, wow. which was kind of you know bus chasing's hard. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say we were completely doing that this time and our, and the crew and everything was so accommodating, but we have a run with deer tick. That's going to be four weeks, which is, will be the longest I've ever toured. Um, and I think we're probably bus chasing on that one, but hopefully if it's halls, we're not loading until three. Cause like this time, you know, we'd play a show, get home, maybe not get to bed till one or two, have to load in the next place at 11 and be eight hours away. So we're, yeah. you know, getting up super early or not, you know, getting like I an see. hour or two of sleep. Yeah, you just get a shower basically. It's just kind of a wash. But then you get there and you usually if you're playing a gig that big, the accommodations are fairly nice. And so maybe you can, if the green room's big enough, you can take a nap in the green room or you can just go to a yeah. hotel or something. But um, it's kind of all over the place, especially if you're, if you're, I'm I'm production manager and uh, basis, or at least for now I am. It, who knows? But like, so I'm managing a little bit of the like. Oh, we have to actually load in eleven. I know that it says our call times three, but like, we don't have two crews. One mm-hmm. that shows up at eleven, kind of thing. Um, but it was an amazing experience. Sorry nice. to bring it back to me, but right. got Go to hang out with Craig Berletic a little bit, and finally like, just chill in person and. Great dude. Got a got a fun photo with him and like he's just such a good person and good bassist. Dude, yeah. Just great and so like yeah. a- always positive. I uh on TikTok I've been getting a bunch of like old Tyler Childers clips for some reason. Yeah, TikTok. And it's always to do that now. It's always baby Craig. Yeah. Like, hey, that guy. He's he's so good. He's dude. the best, man. He's the best. Yeah, lots of Tyler on my TikTok actually. We were talking about the the song he's been closing with where he holds the shot and he does that like a cappella and then at the end he dumps it out and walks away and you're like, This guy's cool. Yeah. This guy's cool. I really liked and hopefully I'm not pulling the curtain back too much, but like I liked the way he was I was hearing that he was thinking about how he's doing set lists and stuff. Cause like one of the nights almost unplanned, uh, instead of uh, it being us, Abby Hamilton SG Goodman. SG Goodman's amazing. If you haven't heard her, check her out. Awesome. Kind of rock and roll meets country thing and just like a force to be reckoned with. And then Tyler Childers. Uh, It was usually that. But on one one of the first dates, it was Drive-By Truckers, which they're legendary. Legendary. Uh, And they were the nicest. And they came out and they watched our entire set and they like – talked about us on Instagram and like it was so cool from legends such as themselves. But, um, you know, that night Tyler came out and did a ton of acoustic songs up top. Like he just walked out 
played them, played a song about a possum that no one had really ever heard. I saw uh, that, yeah. And the video was like overlaying. They have all these taxidermy like animals all around the stage, which is cool. And so they'd overlay this possum and him like on the LED wall next to each other and people were cracking up. It was awesome. But like thought process, even for a headliner of like, how do I follow drive-by truckers that are just like dynamically huge and cool and like whatever? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, it might not be the impact I want if I just show up and immediately hit it hard. So yeah. I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to go as low as I can um, to the point that he was like sound checking the mandolin like right on stage. He was like, hey, I didn't run, warn our front house guy, Jay, that I'm going to do this. So. I'm going to sing for just a second, hit this mandolin a bunch. And he, he did it. And he goes, okay, all right. And then he played the song. Um, That's awesome. So that was cool. So uh, just the way you think about set lists and, you know, even us, we we timed it out based on the key, uh, key of the songs, how well they're going into each other, based on how we're going to transition, and based on um, what some of her most listened to songs are on Spotify. And then kind of where we're going in the future with the new album that's coming out um, and trying to really, when you're in that opening spot, you usually have something like 30 minutes. The next support will have something like 45 minutes and the headliner would have like an hour and a half, roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had to get that set lit. I mean, like no breaks. She says a couple words. Usually it's over the intro of another song. Mm-hmm. And buddy, there is a stage manager, which the, the, the guy for Tyler was so nice and so amazing. So accommodating, but you should just know if this is your first time, there's a stage manager that is coming out to watch you when you get at the end of your set to make sure you're not going over. And they're not they're probably not going to like cut you like cut the PA off. Like you see like people on TikTok every now and then get mm-hmm. the PA cut. Uh, if you're within a minute, like if you have 30 minutes and you're at 31 minutes, they're probably not going to be mad at you, but you need to get off the stage as quick as you can. Yeah. If you're hitting 32, 33, someone's about to have a real problem with you after the show. Yes. Or, I don't, you know, I don't know. There's re- there's repercussions for you not knowing your set list and getting it timed out. Yeah, man. I we we deal with that a lot doing these like open circuits, and ten out of ten times it is so much better to go under. Yep. Than to go over. Ten out of ten yep. times. I mean, dude, we were we ended up on a four band bill the other day. Uh, we were direct support, but they had added two others on in front mm-hmm. of us. It's a big stage, but like there's still quite a bit of changeover that's got to happen. And dude, it kept pushing our set back like smaller and smaller and mm-hmm. it's important to just have loose grips on that as an opener anyways no matter where you are in that lineup yeah in you, my opinion you were there as a guest and yeah in my opinion you, i mean you just have to work with production from the house and say yep. hey whatever you need we're gonna make it happen right and we're gonna make sure that this headliner uh that's like you said been gracious enough to have us is gonna is gonna be set up for their mm-hmm. success in their fullest so Dude, 10 out of 10 times go under. Yeah. Nobody likes that band that just ends up jamming for 15, even 10 minutes longer. Yeah. And you're just like, especially, I mean, where I've got to get out and do our full line check again mm-hmm. and reboot everything, uh, you know, pull like all our, I got to turn all our wireless on and rebattery. Yeah. So like, I need, you know, two, three minutes to get out there and make sure I do it. And I'm just waiting kind of, yeah. wow, these guys are still playing. These guys are still playing. And it literally shrunk our set from, 
one hour all the way down to 35 minutes this weekend. And again, we're better for it. We're going to be those guys that are going to say, hey, you know, it's about the headliner. So we're and not, we're not, not, we're not hurt about that. Yeah. To, to have that conversation with the other band, it's the stage no, it's manager's the house. Job. It's the house. And, and so if they want to yeah. be mad about it, that you you don't need to get that on you unless you are also your band's manager maybe but really at the end of the day like you are a guest and you need to have a good attitude and if you're like on a tour um i'm not always the best at this but our drummer zach martin is so good and to the point of he even says he kind of practices it like Learn people's names. Learn the guitar tech's names. Oh, yeah. Learn the stage manager's name. You know, be even if you got to fake it after it's, you just drove yeah. eight hours to get there. Like when you show up, you need to like your band's presence needs to be positive, and mm-hmm. you're excited. You know, I don't. This is me kind of railing for a second, but like you're not too cool. Like. Don't be the cool musician that doesn't say anything and stands in the corner, you know. Don't be the whatever, I'm just a side guy. I'm just going to be cool and, like, not talk to anybody, whatever. Like, you will get so much farther if you are nice, appropriately outgoing, and just just mm-hmm. being good to deal with, you know. Um, it just you know, if, if it, go, it doesn't mean you don't, won't have bad days or whatever, but, like... You just have to be positive and everyone will enjoy working with you and everyone talks. Dude, they in talk. your whatever genre vein, everybody talk. talks. If if you are they talk. total a bunch of douchebags and inappropriate, like you think half these production guys work with that one artist. No, when that artist goes home, they work with another artist. And that works with another artist. And all of them have managers. And all, you know, Ooh, everybody yeah. talks. So. Yeah, dude. And man, I don't even know that I believe in like the fake comment, like fake compliment thing after, like, oh, man, you're so no, yeah, You're telling me. To I don't know that I believe in that, but I do believe in human decency mm-hmm. uh, and just saying, hey, great job. Yeah, great job. Thanks for having us. Shaking hands when appropriate. Um, <laughs> appreciating, you know. Oh, too smooth. <laughs> right, no, no, no. psych. <laughs> God, he, uh, he's like this guy's living in 1980. <laughs> you know, especially with crews again. Like it, when they're taking your stuff, say thank you. Say you, you better. They're gonna drop the next piece. So, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they're so, like, oh yeah, didn't say thanks. See ya. <laughs> um. So just you know, just be nice. That's kind of the biggest thing that I think has has gotten our crew fairly far. Is I think people like having us around because we're nice. Yeah, dude. And it's important. I mean, it's it's extra hard, like you were saying, when like a band goes long or whatever. When you when you load in at eleven, if they're running behind, headliner's gonna get their full check. Then the support, the next person is gonna get their full check. And then it's you. And sometimes, or a lot of times, the front of house guy is not gonna mix you. Or the front of house guy for the headliner is not gonna mix your band or the support band. Oh, never. So now you're dealing with a local crew that is very hit or miss. Yep. We had one show where it took the support. We weren't even to the opener, us yet. 45 minutes to get their signal flow right. And it was just kick drum, snare, top, you know, like nothing nice. was patched right. And then luckily the support act, uh, they were pretty tight. And so they just hit like a song and a half and we're done. Mm-hmm. But you get up there and it's your turn. All the patching's wrong again. It's taking them forever. And you might get to play a chorus. 
you know, and then they have to open doors. And that's just what happens when you're the opener. And you, you might be super frustrated by that. Mm -hmm. Uh, luckily the whole crew was very accommodating to us to the point of telling us to play songs when we were out of time, they'd be like, we want you to play another song, like, and make sure. So everyone was cool, but like, that is not the norm. And so when they say you need to get off the stage, it is what it is, and you don't need to be mad about it. Um, so you just need to find a way, even if you're faking it, just to be nice because that that's just how it goes sometimes. I agree. So especially with lesson. wedges, shoo, it's hard to get it all right. Yeah, man. That's why I love bringing our own in-ears. Yeah, I'd it love to rules. be there one day. but It rules. We're but not currently. So. Nice. Well, there's a, there's a little bit of advice from old dads. Old dads. Old dads. Now we're still learning some. Dude, every every weekend I go out, I learn something new about being a tour manager and treating people right. So, yeah. Dude, I did I get a new bass. You saw, I don't think I've talked about it. I got a BB 1600. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like the four, well, my bass is the BB 5000. It's mm -hmm. a five string on kind of a real slim neck. Then they made the BB 3000, which is a four string, same situation, neck through high-end hardware and woods and all that kind of stuff. Then they made a cheaper BB-1600 that was all the same electronics, hardware, sorry, feel, tone, all that kind of stuff, exact same, except it was a bolt-on neck instead of a neck through. Okay. And so the value of these is not high because the BB-5000, I don't know, it's not just us talking about it. It's just like, the world collectively realizing how awesome these are and the mm. prices are going crazy. But the 1600 I bought from my friend John Ingram for like 850 bucks. Nice. And it sounds really good and it plays really good. Nice. Uh, we love a deal. Yeah. So I wanted like a, like a road base that I could kind of trash or whatever. But honestly, it now is one of my best recording bases. Because I'm going to leave flats on it. And nice. I really like how flats sound in the studio a lot of times. Um, so, man, yeah. Good call, I, I man. still want another BB-5000. Dude, I've got a bass up right now on Craigslist. And I I love a good chase. I love a good chase. <laughs> so I said, open to trades, which is yeah. just a dangerous thing to say. Agreed. Because I, when I think trades, I want somebody to come out of the woodwork and be like, I've got like a small Honda dirt bike. Like that's, <laughs> I want someone to really hit me with something ridiculous, nice. but instead people are like, oh, I got this sweet Ibanez starter base. You should trade it for that Lakeland. And I'm like, nope. I think we've misunderstood each other here. Yeah. I think we've misunderstood each other. I feel like on those I say open to trades, but I have very specific taste. I usually like say that. I'd prefer cash. But like I'll hear what you got. That's usually that's how a I good line. It. I, I'll I, I'm open to trades, so shoot me what you've got. Yeah. Uh, I never have success with trades. Yeah. Uh, a while back, I had a base that this is not a joke. Somebody literally tried to trade me jet skis. Real jet skis? Yeah, old ones, but with a trailer. Did Two they work them. with a trailer? Mm -hmm. And you didn't take it? No. Where would you put it? I guess would be my. I don't even know what I'd pull it with. Fair. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just. I, Cool. Thanks. Kentucky Swamp I like the energy, yeah. right? I love the this idea. This is good. Let's keep riffing. I love the <laughs> idea. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see what happens. But, dude, I know I've, I've got it up. We'll see what happens. I've, I've been, oh, man, I've been really leaning Music Man. I've been, ah. So I, cool. I, I sat down and played a bunch, and I played a five-string P, and I was like, 
I think I want the Music Man. I think I want. The, I want to try one of the one of the passive ones. The oh, there's a yeah, there's a there's shop a in new town one that's they even got a short scale that looks pretty cool. They have uh, a short scale pat. It looks so awesome. Expensive. Uh, that's Music Man. That's the, that's the per- perks of Music Man is you get less money when you get one of those. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I am I'm, I'm watching because they'll they'll wash up for like pretty decent used prices, but the mm-hmm. retail twenty six hundred bucks something yeah. something like a little heavy handed when you're comparing it to other things operating in that realm. Which don't get me wrong. I think they're amazing bases. Everyone I play, they seem to be very consistent. They seem yeah. to be really well made, predictable. Like I like it. To me, it seems like one of the. Now I've always wanted a fretless Music Man from the '80s because that's the Pino thing. Uh, but yeah. the when you're looking at those, they are so heavy, so heavy, like ten, eleven, twelve pounds. Incredibly heavy instruments. Yep. However, it's one of the only times that it's like. They seem to always innovate. And so their new stuff is, I think, all under nine pounds, something like that. Nice. Every one of them. Every one of the new ones. They revoice the pickups in a cool way. Um, they came out with pass a couple passive ones. They came out with the Joe Dart ones are all passive. Yeah. I think Tim uh, Comfort's comes in both, maybe. Nice. So, like... They're doing some cool stuff. I'd Dude, love to yeah. work with them one day. Dude, I, I'm really into it. So I've I've really been like looking around for that. But then somebody put up one of those sweet new Gibsons, the the new uh Thunderbirds. The reverse. And uh, yeah. it's like a baby blue or like a it was like a like a car blue. It was like a minty green blue thing. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't like ones that we've seen before. And somebody had it up and I was like you take trades. Those are, cool. <laughs> Those are cool, man. I was like, you take trades. I got this uh, entry level Ibanez. You might be interested. <laughs> right, exactly. And he was like, no, I want cash. And I was like, fair. So uh, that Justin Smolian, yeah, plays one of those. Yeah. So it's not like his blue. It's more minty, oh. but not quite mint. It's like a sage green sparkle. Th- I don't cool. know. Very cool. I like what Gibson's doing right now. So that's what I've been looking Very at. Interested? Yeah. I've been I've been playing. I've been playing them because. Uh, We'll see. We'll see. So I'm making moves on Facebook Marketplace. Mm. If you see me out there. Trading up. Try to trade me something dumb, baby. <laughs> yeah, I got a grill out there. I'm trying to get it all the way up to Music Man. So, no. Uh, <laughs> I did. This is, I'll leave y'all with this uh, before we get out of here and let y'all get back to your job or whatever. Uh, hopefully you're still doing. Um, I went into Goodwill the other day, as I tend to, and I picked up for $30 total. You ready for this? Give it to me. I bought an oboe and a clarinet. Oh! <laughs> Bo. <laughs> <laughs> so I found out the clarinet was uh, broken. One of the pieces snapped off, mm. so you couldn't assemble it anymore, uh, which I'm sure somebody could have fixed. But, not dealing with know, it. Yeah. But Oboe's been going crazy on Facebook. Been going ham on that Oboe. Yeah, yeah. Come tonight, it'll be sold. So, heck yeah. Dude, keep your eye out for woodwind instruments at your uh, local thrift stores. That's awesome. Yeah, dude. Hey, I have a little nugget that I probably shouldn't share because I'm, it's not like battery. It, it, Here's what's next for me with some of these acquiring Japanese instruments. I can see myself in the in the next year doing this. The from Uh-oh. the 80s, the Ibanez ATK line on reverb. Okay. Still cheap. There are some they made some that were like good that are like a thousand dollars ish, which will probably be like the one I grab, but they made a few that are super high end. Like really, really great. Usually, nice. like very blonde looking. But it was Ibanez's take on a Music Man during the eighties, cool. and so it is active, and they sound amazing. 
and they look really freaking cool. Check them out, dude. And people don't know yet. So that's what's next. That's you get a little nugget Keep for watching quiet. till the end. Keep it quiet. <laughs> how's the how's those nugs? The you know? nugs. <laughs> the dino so, nugs. Cool, man. Well, there we go. We got some good weeks coming up. We got some good videos coming out. If you guys would yep. Smash the like button. Smash the like. Tell your friends to subscribe on YouTube. Sub on YouTube. Uh, if you're on iTunes, give us a rating. That is a good one. And if you don't want to give sure. us a rating, that's a good one. Don't. Yep. Who cares? <laughs> it's all meaningless. Everyone's an NPC. Fake internet points. That's right. Uh, well, y'all have a good week, and uh, we'll be we'll be in touch. You know what I mean? See we'll be ya. in touch.